Today, I'm going um, to invite us to, to do something a little bit different. I'm looking, is, is Brandon? Brandon, are you here? Let's, let's, grab a, let's grab a guitar. Can I invite you to stand to your feet? Life Center, I'm going to call a little bit of an audible here really quick. There's, there's an old song that simply says, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. And as we prepare to, to receive from the word, here's what I want to remind us of. Anytime somebody's on this stage preaching, speaking from the scriptures, understand it's not that we're just gathering together to hear somebody's thoughts. Like, oh, that was, that was a nice thought. We're actually positioning our hearts to hear what God wants to speak to us through his word. Because here's what I know. This word is living and active. You just heard a young man say that he was at a camp and he felt a love that he had never felt. Nothing that deep had ever hit him. And so I, I want us just to kind of prepare our own hearts and our own minds right now because sometimes, can we just admit, we get a little bit conditioned. We get a little bit used to routine. And so today is really about kind of shaking us up, breaking that out so that God can do what he wants to do today in our hearts and our lives. So can we do this across the room? This might be new to you, but all around the world, there's this international sign for surrender. What is it? <laughs> like, I, I surrender, that's it. And so can I invite you to lift your hands across this room? And these words, they might be new to you. These words, they might be really old. But I'll tell you this, some of the most powerful times flow from a simple cry of the heart. Can we sing these words? I love you, Lord. And here's, here's the challenge in front of us. I'm about to lead us in worship. But I have good news. Scripture says, make a joyful noise. Okay, so here, here we go. Would you sing this with me? I love you, Lord. And I that's our prayer today. Lord, we want to live lives that bring you worship and bring you praise. And God, even before we open up the word today, I pray that our hearts, our minds would be prepared. God, that there would be a holy expectancy in us today, that we are meeting with the king of the universe that you have something for each and every one of us. And so God, I pray that for the next few moments, we would set aside the distractions of the week in front of us. 
We would set aside the disappointments in the week that we just walked through. God, that today we would understand that you have something for each and every one of us. So Lord, we thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, if you believe that, would you say amen? Amen, amen. You can go ahead and be seated. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate that. By the way, if you're new to Life Center, they do not let me sing often, okay? So, so don't worry about that, but so glad that you're here. Hey, in the next few moments that we have together, I want to share a message with you entitled, Boldness for the Battle. Boldness for the Battle. Um, here's what I know, depending on uh, kind of what you're walking through, what you've been journeying through, there's times where we realize, like, okay, I'm in a battle right now. I'm in a battle. And what I've observed over time in life, it's amazing to see how boldness increases when you know you're a part of a sure thing. You ever see this happen? Like, maybe, maybe you play community softball, and your star player on your team is sick, and you're like, this is not going to be good. But then all of a sudden, they, they show up, and they're ready to go, and they, you, you just know they can, they can crank it out of the park. Every now and then this happens when I'm playing a game with my kids. We, we play this game. It's a classic game called Uno. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I grew up playing this game with my grandparents and my parents. And my kids at times, they'll get a little chippy with me. But everything changes when I draw a draw four. Because all of a sudden, like, I know what's in my hand. I know what I have access to. And how many know there's a whole new level of boldness that begins to show up in my life? I begin to talk back to them. And everything changes when I, when I play that card that has been dealt with me. Why? Because I understand there's, there's access to something that changes everything. We've all experienced the difference that boldness makes. Say the word bold for a second. Bold. Come on, say it like you know what the word means. There we go, bold. Whether it's a bold font, a bold flavor, or a bold friend, you've all experienced the difference that boldness can make. Why? Because something that's bold, it, it stands out. It sticks out. It doesn't just blend in. It doesn't fade away. It doesn't fold into the status quo. And today, I want to I share two statements with you that are going to feel like a paradox. They're going to feel like they contradict each other. Statement number one is this. The battle has already been won through Jesus. There's good news. The battle is won. Jesus has accomplished for you what you cannot accomplish for yourself through his life, his death, in his resurrection. In fact, Jesus called out and cried out three words on the cross. It is finished. What does that mean? Your eternity, the battle for our eternity is won. That's a true statement. But how many of us also recognize that you live everyday life in a battlefield? So there's this weird dynamic that we experience as followers of Jesus. The battle's been won, but I also live in a battlefield. 
Have you experienced this tension in your life? How can it be that, that Jesus, you've won the victory, the battle's over, but why do I sometimes encounter life where it just feels like I'm getting hit from all different sides? Well, I want to talk about that tension, and I want to talk about the boldness that God wants to give each and every one of us for the battle. Because here's what I know. Every day we live life on this battlefield, and there's three specific enemies that show up on this battlefield. Number one is the enemy. How many know there's a very real enemy called the devil, and there's demonic forces? Ephesians 6 makes this clear that we, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual realities. There's, is, there's a battle with a very real enemy. Now, sometimes we can get busy blaming the devil for things, but then there's this second enemy that shows up called our flesh. Sometimes we want to blame the devil for just our own flesh. What is our flesh? Well, Paul talks a lot about this. This is the, the parts of our lives that are not yet sanctified. This is our sin nature, which, by the way, even though you're saved, how many know you still battle your flesh? That's why Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he said this, why do I do the things that I don't want to do and the things that I know that I should do, I don't do them? That's a good question. And I find comfort in the fact that if Paul's asking that question, then maybe I'm not so crazy. We live in a battlefield against the enemy, against our flesh, but there's also a battle that we experience just by living in this fallen, broken world. In other words, there's this continual gravitational pull of trying to find our purpose, our hope, or our identity in things outside of God. And so we live with this dynamic. Maybe you've been there, maybe you're there right now, where, where Jesus, he's already won the victory. It's guaranteed. It is Finished, and yet I'm going to show up at work this next week on a Tuesday, or I'm going to walk through a dynamic on Thursday, and it is going to smack me in the face and remind me I'm still living in a battlefield. What do I do with that? What do I do about that? I want us to look to Psalm 27 for a moment. David writes these words The Lord is my light. And my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. That, that place of safety, that, that firm foundation that we just sang about. He's the stronghold of my life. Whom should I dread? When evildoers came against me to devour my flesh and my foes and my enemies stumbled and fell. Though an army deploys against me. My heart will not be afraid. By the way, can we just admit when an entire army deploys against you, how many know that's a bad day? And some of you, that's what you felt like last week dealt you in life. You're kind of looking around going, what, what on earth is going on? David says, when an army deploys against me, my heart will not be afraid. Boldness. Though a war breaks out against me, 
I will still be confident. What's interesting here, David is driving at the fact that confidence is not circumstantial. So often we're waiting for our circumstances to line up for us to feel bold or to feel confident. But David here is saying, listen, even if an army or a war breaks out against me, I'm going to be confident. Confident in what? Skip down to the end of the chapter. Verse 13, I am certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. What I love about that statement is it's not just that, okay, I know I'm going to see the goodness of God someday in heaven. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. That's, That's not what David's getting at here. He's saying, no, 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 I am certain of this. I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart be courageous. Wait for the Lord. Here's what I know. Some of us, we've been walking through a battlefield. Some of us, we are in the midst of the battle. Some of us, there's a battle out in front of us. And I know we can hear these words and go, well, Tyler, (laughs) of course you're going to say, you're a pastor. You don't ever have to walk through a battlefield. I mean, all you do is stand up on stage once a week. You just work like an hour a week, right? (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation with people. You just walk in and this just all happens. And there's this assumption that, well, You know, Tyler, it's easy for you to say that as a pastor. But here's what I was reminded of in a very real fresh way this last week. I'm not just a pastor. I'm also a son. See, some of you, you might know this, you might not, but recently my mom was diagnosed with a very early stage breast cancer. And so last week I flew down to be with her and my dad as she went in for surgery. I'm sitting in the waiting room, I'm praying, I have a bunch of friends praying with us. You know, we're, we're standing by faith, but in that moment, listen, I'm not just a pastor, I'm also a son who cares about my mom. And here's what I know, according to statistics, there's some people in this room, you've walked through that journey, you're walking in that journey, or that journey is somewhere out ahead. We all face different dynamics. Now, I'm here to report, praise God, the surgeon felt like they got all of it. She's doing well. She's recovering well. But as I was sitting in the waiting room, yeah, as I was sitting in the waiting room, waiting for my mom to get out of surgery, I answered a phone call from a friend. His wife, they had just found a brain tumor. And I I began to pray, standing by faith in the midst of My own battle now, here's a friend that I dearly love, and and they're in their battle. Now, praise God, they were able to diagnose that and deal with that in a miraculous way. And then yesterday, we received word that Amber's dad is now in the hospital fighting an infection. You ever have those moments where you're like, okay, God, no more, please. 
What's the point? The point is not me to try to stir up sympathy. The point is, each of us, we engage in a very real battle. Whether you're a pastor or not, whether you've been serving Jesus a long time or a short time, the battle is real. And the danger is this, that that when the battle shows up, we can so quickly become overwhelmed and, and kind of shut down. We can begin to feel sorry for ourselves. God, why? I mean, if you really love me, you, we just sang about you being good. God, this doesn't feel good. You ever been there? Something shifts in our lives, though, when we understand who's with us in the battle. Something shifts when you understand what's available in your hand, so to speak, that, that you just, you drew the right card. Can I tell you? you, you have a stacked hand with Jesus. He's already won the victory. And yet, what do we do in those moments? You see, the worst thing you could do is leave today, leave this moment, and walk back into your day-to-day living either unprepared or unaware that you are in a battle. So what does this mean? Well, this means we need boldness for the battle. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1 says this, The wicked flee when no one is pursuing them, but the righteous are what? Bold as a lion. Now here's what we need to understand about our source of righteousness. It's not self righteousness. It's not righteousness that you've accomplished. It's not righteousness because of all of your activity is perfect. The righteousness here that we're talking about, especially in light of the cross, is a righteousness that we receive by faith through what Jesus has done for us. When you know that you are forgiven, when you know that you are free, when you know that you are Righteous in Christ, can I tell you, there is a boldness that begins to show up in your life. The righteous are as bold as lions. Now, I know some of us are thinking, well, Tyler, that's not really my personality. Tyler, I have a bold friend, but, but I'm not really the, the bold one or... Maybe, maybe it's a little bit different for you. Maybe there's areas that you're comfortable in being bold about, but it's not necessarily your faith. Some of us, we have so much data on our favorite sports team or our sports player, we're comfortable being bold about sports. What we saw on Sports Center, we'll like get in arguments with friends, we'll like, you know, chew people out online. We're, we're bold about that. But about Jesus, well, that's, that's not really my thing. Maybe you're, you're comfortable being bold in your area of your profession because you trained, you went through school, you got degrees, you got all those things, and, and you're comfortable being bold in that area, but bold about your faith in Jesus? Well, Tyler, I, I don't know about that. I mean, let, let's get real for a second. You got people who are comfortable being bold about discussing aliens with Congress right now. Hello, 2023, right? And yet, at times, we we aren't sure if we can be bold in our faith. 
But again, everything changes when you understand whose team you're on. See, I remember being small and showing up at, at recess, and there was the other team, you know. They were all cocky because they were looking at our team, and we just knew they're, they're going to destroy us. But then that one friend showed up, and he joined your team. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And all of a sudden, like, everybody's posture on the team goes from like this to like, No, go ahead, run your mouth. Run your mouth. See, everything changes when you know what you have access to. Everything changes when you understand what's available to you. Hear me today, Life Center. Bold faith isn't about personality. It's about proximity. You want to dial up the boldness in your faith, understand it's not about you changing your personality. It's about understanding proximity. You have seen, I've seen the most timid and insecure people begin to talk and walk differently when the right person is walking beside them. There's been times where I've been walking through streets or alleys, and if I'm by myself, I'm just like trying to get out of there. But then you give me the right friend next to me, and I'm like, what is the difference? It's who is with me, yes, but it's also my awareness of who is with me. Proximity matters. Who you are with, who you are close to, who you can call on. Friends, that changes the level of our boldness. By the way, that's why this moment, that's why I had to start by, by singing a song. It's to, to flip the switch in our mind to help us recognize and remember we are meeting with the king of the universe today. God is here. And can I challenge us? Can I, can I lovingly challenge us as a church for a moment? Because the last few weeks I've had the opportunity to sit on that seat and, and just receive, but also just observe what is going on. And at times, here's my concern, is that even though God is with us, we can be so distracted or so discouraged that we miss what he wants to give us. Now, now your discouragement might be real today. And I know this, the distractions are real today. Tyler, what do you mean by that? Well, just like when I was a youth pastor, we'd be at camp and the moment somebody starts preaching, it's like bladder demons hit people. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, they're opening up the, got to go to the bathroom. What's amazing to me when I, when I, anytime I'm at a church, it's not just Life Center, but anytime I'm at a church, the moment the word of God gets opened, people get fidgety. People are standing up, leaving, walking in, walking out, doing this, doing that. And understand, now, now I'm not saying because you wake up in the middle of the night and you have to go to the bathroom that you have a bladder demon, okay? Let me, let me give some of you just like, whew. But I think distraction is a real tool that the enemy will use in our lives. Because everything that God is wanting to do is to cultivate an awareness that, that we can draw close to him. Proximity matters. And so can I challenge us, Life Center? Let's show up on time. 
Let's show up expecting like God's gonna move in our midst, in the midst of worship, amen? Let's lean in to scripture. Let's lean in. Because some of us, we can sit through a two and a half hour movie without even budging. And that's after drinking a soft drink this big. <laughs> and yet, some of us will, will make like three trips during a message. Didn't expect a lot of amens right there. You see, bold faith isn't about personality. It's about proximity. And so don't let anything hinder you from drawing near to the proximity of God. Because it doesn't just make a difference on Sunday morning. This makes a difference in how you face every single day of the next week. It matters. It matters. Consider this question for a moment. What would your life look like if you had no one to impress and nothing to lose. I mean, that, that takes some boldness. What would next Thursday look like for you? You have no one to impress and nothing to lose. I think, I think some of us would walk a little bit different. Some of us would talk a little bit different. And I share that question, why? Because I think we see a glimpse of that in Acts chapter four with a couple of guys named Peter and John. Acts chapter 4, look with me. It says this. This is immediately following a miracle that takes place where Peter and John are used by God. The power of God works through them to bring healing to a man who could not walk. The religious leaders are frustrated. They're asking questions. So it says this after verse 7. After uh, they had Peter and John stand before them, they began to question them. By what power or in what name Have you done this? Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man by what means he was healed, let it be known to all of you and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing here before you, healthy. This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. Now pause for a moment. This is the same Peter who just a few days earlier denied even knowing Jesus to a young teenage girl. What's going on in Peter's life? Peter, where's all this boldness coming from? His proximity to the Lord had changed. The Holy Spirit is now living within him. God has taken up residence in his life. There's a boldness becoming because of that proximity. It says this in verse 13. When they observed the boldness, can you say boldness? When they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated, untrained men, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. Boldness. And since they saw the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in opposition. Oh, we can't really refute this because the guy's right right here. So after they, they ordered them to leave, 
And they conferred among themselves, saying, What should we do with these men? For an obvious sign has been done through them, clear to everyone living in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. You want to know what I'm praying for, Life Center? That we would have some more cannot deny it moments. I'm praying that marriages, that, that there's no way they should ever be able to work their issues out. They walk through these doors and they walk out transformed and people are going, I can't deny that. I'm praying that drug addicts will walk into this place and they will experience transformation through the power of God and they will walk out changed and people are going, I can't deny that. I'm praying that people who are so discouraged and, and just everyday battles of life, that they walk in and they experience a living God who brings hope in the midst of hopeless situations. And people are looking at them going, I know you're the same person, but everything has changed. I cannot deny it. But in order for that to happen, we need some bold witnesses. You see, the kingdom always moves forward, not just through bold leaders, but bold people. We need some bold witnesses. We talk about this number often, but there's over 633,000 people in Pierce County who are disconnected from Jesus and his church. See, this is why we need some bold witnesses. That's exactly where this scripture came from, by the way. We, we have eyewitness accounts. That's why Peter is so bold, because they saw with their own eyes, Jesus, who was alive, who had died, was alive again. How many know when you see that, there's nobody who can talk you out of anything? When you know that Jesus is alive, it changes everything. And that's why that proximity makes a difference. It makes a difference. So let me share with us three things that, that I believe it's time for, for us to engage in, Life Center. Number one is this. I believe it's time for us to pray bold prayers. To pray bold prayers. You see, when you know who your God is and what he can do, it changes how you pray. We're not just saying, God, if... If possible, if, if maybe you're able to. No, no, no. We know what our God is able to do. And I believe it's time for us to pray some bold prayers. Think for a moment with me. If God answered every single one of your prayers that you prayed last week, how much change would have taken place? If God answered every single prayer you prayed last week, would our city look different? Would Life Center look different? Would your family look different? Would your career look different? Would our nation look different? Would our world look different? I believe it's time for us to lean in and pray bold prayers. Secondly, though, I think we need to dream some bold dreams. We need to dream some bold dreams. I know all of us, we live with a certain level of dream. Some of us, we have dreams for our career. We have dreams for our family. But I want you to consider for a moment the, the dreams that you have in your heart. Does it require a faith that says, God, only you can do this unless you show up? Or do your dreams just need a little bit more of your own self-effort, self-discipline? I think God's inviting us to, to dream some bold 
dreams. Let me remind you, Ephesians 3.20 reminds us that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we can even ask or think. Do our dreams line up with that? By the way, this isn't just dreams for ourselves. This is dreams for, for others. God, would you move in our city? God, would you transform Pierce County? Would you transform the streets of Tacoma? God, instead of complaining about it, we're going to pray about it. We're going to lean in. We're going to be bold witnesses that there is a God who is alive and working and moving in hearts and lives. See, here's what I know. It's hard to dream if we're just worried about survival. And some of us, that's exactly where we're at. Some of us were just like, Tyler, you're talking about bold dreaming. I'm just trying to make it till next Thursday. And if that's where you're at, listen, that's reality. But guess what? It's not the only reality. You can lean in to God, to trust him, to lead you, to guide you. We need to dream bold dreams. Here's the third and final thing. We, we need to live bold faith. We need to live bold faith out. You see, when you live this type of faith out, a, a bold faith that, that knows, man, I am, I am with God and God is with me. Here's what I know. When we live that type of faith out, the kingdom of darkness gets a little bit nervous. I'll tell you what doesn't make the enemy nervous. What does not make the kingdom of darkness nervous is when we just live with a Sunday faith. If our faith is just contained to this 65 minutes, 70 minutes that we're together, and that, that's the sum total of what it is, we're like, all right, God, see you next week. That, that does not make the enemy of your soul nervous. Why? Because he knows that your faith is just siloed to a few minutes or a few days, and it's not a threat. But the enemy, his tactics are always the same. He would love to keep us so distracted or so discouraged that our faith is not actually moving the kingdom of God forward. My prayer is that could, could we set aside the distraction? And, and even for those of us, your discouragement, it might be very real today, but can I encourage you, set aside the discouragement and lean in to Jesus. Lean in to what he wants to do in and through you. Why? Our bold faith matters. It matters to the 633,000 plus people in Pierce County. We, we came forward months ago and wrote these names on these walls, praying, God, would you move? Would, would this be the greatest season of soul winning? And Life Center, I'm calling you, don't give up hope. Tyler, I feel like I'm in a battle. I get it. I understand, but, but we have the King of Kings with us in the midst of the battle. Don't give up. Hebrews chapter 10 reminds us of this truth. It says, uh, it says, don't throw away your confidence. Don't cast off your confidence. It has a great reward. A few verses later, verse 39, it says this, but we are not those who draw back or shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. There's moments where, where we're tempted to draw back. God, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. 
God, I wasn't expecting this on the battlefield. But we have to pivot by faith and say, but I know who's with me. I know that you're alive. I know that you are strong enough. I know that you can make a way where there seems to be no way. We need boldness in the battle. And there's some good news today because there's a reason for you to be bold. Let me give you a number of them. These are gonna go quick. Here's a few reasons why you should be bold. Number one, Jesus is alive. That changes everything. Not only that, you've been born again and you have new life in Jesus. You're not your former track record. You're not your greatest mistake. You were born again. You're a new creation. The Holy Spirit now dwells in you. Not only that, I know who I belong to. I know who I am in Christ. I know what I have access to. I know that because of Jesus' work on the cross, the end is not the end. I know what my God can do and what he's already done. I know that I am on the winning team. Not only that, as a Christian, no matter what happens, guess what? We win. We win. The end of the story is already secure. Jesus has won the victory. And so we carry that boldness with us in the day-to-day battlefield that we walk in. And yet the question remains and everything leads to this moment right here. Tyler, if this is true, how do I develop that kind of boldness? If this is true, and I can live with, with a greater confidence instead of walking through life like this, I can walk through life like this. How do I develop that? The answer is simple. Draw near. Draw near. You want greater boldness in your life? Greater boldness in your faith? How do you do that? Draw near. Proximity. It's it's about nearness to Jesus. James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 says it this way. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now look at verse eight. Draw near to God and what? He will. There's no footnote. There's no asterisk. If you draw near to God, guess what he will do? He will draw near to you. You don't have to stand at a distance today. You don't have to wonder, God, do I have enough to get through this battle in front of me? Do I have enough to get through this next week or, or to make it to the next paycheck? If you will draw near to God, he will draw near to you. It's not a maybe. It's not a question of whether or not God likes you enough. If you will today pivot in your heart and say, God, I'm going to lean in to you. God, I need boldness for the battle. Because battles come and battles go. But one thing remains the same. Our God is alive. He's faithful, he's able. So Life Center across this room, can I invite you to stand to your feet? I'm gonna ask that nobody leave just for a few moments, just for a few moments. We draw near to God. He will draw near to us. Come on across this room. This might be new for some of you, but can I invite you just to, to lift your hands? the Lord. 
God, this is our desire today, to draw near to you. God, I, I pray over your church. I pray over your people. God, so many who have walked through battlefields the last number of weeks or months. God, others, they're in the midst of the battle right now. Some, there's, there's battles out on the horizon that they're not even aware of. And yet, God, I pray that today you would cultivate a boldness in our lives for the battle. God, it's not about personality. It's about proximity to you. Lord, may we have a greater awareness of who we are with in the battle, whose team we are on in the battle. God, thank you that you do not fail. God, thank you that we can trust you. We can find our hope in you. And so today, Jesus, we draw near. We draw near. draw near to you. Since some of us today, the enemy would love for us to believe that we can't draw near because we aren't good enough. That somehow because of our track record, we, we are excluded from, from drawing near to God. But here's what you need to understand. The moment you put your trust in Jesus, you are welcomed in as a son and as a daughter. You're welcomed in. His grace and mercy meet you. It's sufficient for every single need. And so Lord, I pray today over those who feel like somehow they are disqualified. God, some who maybe stand at a distance and they say that they're not somehow worthy enough to, to draw near to you. God, our, our worth was never about our activity. Our worth is only found in your invitation. God, you invite us to draw near. And so God, I pray that the lies that the enemy has spoken over people today, God, that those lies would be broken. And Lord, that truth would replace every lie in Jesus' name. God, may we be a people who continually draw near to you. And God, as we do, I, I pray that there'd be a greater boldness in our faith. God, would you equip Life Center to pray bold prayers? God, would you equip us to dream bold dreams? God, may we be empowered to live bold faith. God, we need it. We need it. And so Lord, I pray that you would deal with the distance that maybe some of us are feeling today. God, would you remind us that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Jesus, we draw near. We draw near to you. We draw near to you, Lord. Draw near to us. Draw near to us. Lord, I pray against every distraction right now in this moment, the, the worries of the week that was behind us or the concerns about the week that are in front of us. God, we trust you. We trust you. We trust you. We draw near to you. We draw near to you. 
Let's sing this one last time. I love you, Lord. access to. It's about proximity. So Lord, I pray that there would be a renewed boldness in the heart of your people this week. Lord, a renewed boldness in the way that we live out this faith. God, that we would be bold witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That Jesus, you truly are the only way, the only truth, the only life. It's found in you. I pray that we would walk with greater boldness. We would pray with greater boldness. We would dream with greater boldness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, today, our pastors and prayer team will be up here. We'd love to be able to pray with you. As well, you might be new to Life Center. Today was different by design. But today, listen, maybe you're looking to get connected. We would love to take a moment and get connected with you. There's a connect card in that chair back. We'd love for you to swing by the Connect Center. For those who fill that card out, we have a little gift for you just saying thanks for joining with us. But as well, you can put your prayer requests and needs down on that. We have an army of people who pray every single week over those needs. Listen, we love you. Remember, we don't just go to church. We are the church. So let's go. Let's be the church this week. God bless. We'll see you soon.